Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to that witching hour, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right off the bat, I want to wish all the mothers out there a very, extremely happy Mother's Day. I am JT, a.k.a. the Master, and there's many women out there that need to be praised for what they do each and every day. There's mothers out there. Or grandmothers. So, all of us would not be here if it was not for a mother. We weren't conceived out of a bottle. Didn't go down some assembly line and put together. Everyone went through the natural process, whether it was a full term nine months or anywhere in between from five, six, maybe even earlier than that months but if you're on your two feet even if you're not on your two feet you were born into this world you were created by the man and woman and for the most part that woman is the nurturer is the one that takes care of you is the one that is unfettered when it comes to you whether you uh bad boy good boy bad girl good girl your mother is always for the most part at your side regardless if you believe it or not so I have to give praise to mothers all over the world doesn't make a difference who you are but as long as you're a mother you deserve high praise for what you do what you endure what you have endured and will continue to endure for the sake of your kids So, with that, I'd have to give this to all, all mothers. All right, people. As usual, on the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I bring you the weekend sports as much as I can, as much as I believe, uh, or bring up whether you agree with me or not it's my show my opinion if you want to talk to me all you have to do is that dial those um digits one three four seven six three seven three two two zero i'll put you on i'll put you on it, it I, I don't ban anybody everybody is welcome to come on this show now how you come on the show is a different story I'm I'm usually a patient and pleasant person. Everyone else, I have a tipping point. I have a level of respect for everyone that comes on the show, and I expect the same to anyone that comes on this show. So, respect is what I expect coming on this show. If you got a uh, adverse opinion, 
No problem. I can deal with it. I don't take it personal. No need to take it personal. Everybody's entitled to uh, their opinion. It's a free country. It still is a free country, regardless of what some may want to take away or say. Still is a free free country. Protected under the First Amendment. So it is what it is. All right. Let's get into the conversation today that we're going to be here for a little less than an hour now. Um, where do I start? Don't want to start in football. Jerry, you always talk about football. Yeah, that's my favorite sport. Do I want to talk about basketball? Uh, you can start yawning. If that's what you want to do. Yeah, but, but I think I want to talk about basketball. Do I want to talk about baseball? And I think I do want to talk about baseball. So we got a whole hour here. Maybe maybe I can segment segment this down into fifteen to twenty minute uh, segments to talk about. Change it up. I know I said the NFL. I know I said NBA and baseball. Well, I'm going to talk about the NBA. All right, we're we're going into um, the uh, Western Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals have yet to be decided. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> have yet to be decided. Um, but the Golden State Warriors. Who are um, playing tomorrow in the first in the first of seven for the Western Conference Finals, going up up against the injury laden, especially main key characters, main main key characters, San Antonio Spurs. Wari Leonard, it's hobbled. Uh, it's probably going to take a while for him to, to get healthy, um, and there's really no time for him to get healthy. I mean, he got days off between um, games, but he still has to play, and probably some substantial minutes, against, especially against the, the powerhouse of the, of the Golden State Warriors. And they also have home field court, home court advantage, having the best record. Going against the San Antonio Spurs with Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker, who's completely out. Kawhi Leonard is um, hobbled. And we have a, if you want to call him healthy, but we have a, 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 a Golden State Warrior team with the usual characters of Draymond Green, Stephon Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant for the best Four of the best players in the NBA on one team. And depending on who, who who's playing at the time, the fifth guy. And I hate to say it like that, but the, it is the fifth guy. Because you have such firepower and such ability of those four players on that team that you just think that 
like we talked about on the FSP show last yesterday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Vic and I were sitting there. And um, unfortunately, it was off air, but it was after the broadcast on overtime that Jeff, the Joker, and Mike Wright also joined us. But we had talked about it. Excuse me. Wow. We had talked about it. On that show, Vic had said that he thought that Golden State Warriors were going to sweep the San Antonio Spurs. It's going to be an easy series. I, I, I beg to differ because, one, it's Greg Popovich. Now, I know Greg Popovich doesn't get on the court. Come on. I know better than that. But he's won five championships with various lineups. And he's a very extremely good coach, one of the best coaches in the NBA, if not the best coach. So it's not like he hasn't gone through adverse um, conditions before and, and had players injured or hobbled. But I understand going up against Golden State is a different story than going up against the um, somebody like Memphis or Utah or, or whoever. Different animal altogether. I understand that. But they team, they play team basketball. If you've listened to me, and I know I say this at nauseum, but I'll say it again. Years back, the last time the, gold, the, the uh, Spurs won a championship against the Cleveland Cavaliers, if I'm not mistaken, they schooled Cleveland on team basketball. It was obvious from start to finish. They schooled Cleveland on team basketball. And I said at that time that this was a copycat league, just like the NFL. Guys see a formula. Coaches and organizations see a formula that wins, that can be sustained year in and year out. And they try to adopt that same system, Maybe with a, you know whatever variations they have. But they try to copy that system. It's a winning formula, just like in business or anything else. That's a winning winning formula. You try to copy it over and over again to be successful. And I said back then that San Antonio was the template. And finally, coming full circle for some teams, for a lot of teams, of playing team basketball. For so long, you have gotten away from team basketball. Isolation basketball, um, give the ball and everybody clear out on one the superstar or whoever. Which is very boring. It really pushed me away from watching basketball because I didn't like that from professional basketball. Most of you know, listening to me, that I do not like or don't uh, haven't watched professional basketball on a consistent basis because the fact is that same uh, uh, mindset that a lot of teams had, a lot of players had. Give me the ball, back away, let me do my thing. Isolation basketball. Well, San Antonio, excuse me, San Antonio 
changed all that the last time they played Cleveland and won the championship, playing team basketball. And and the formula has been carried over, even though Golden State didn't win last year, but it was extenuating circumstances last year. But Golden State, when they won their first championship, is with that team concept, and it was against the Cleveland Cavaliers also. But it was that team concept. Everybody gets the ball. No one's above getting the ball or not getting the ball. Whoever contributes, whoever has the hot hand, is where the ball goes. But we all touch the ball, and wherever it ends up, it ends up with the best shot. That's team basketball. That's how you win. Keep the defense's feet moving until they can't move to a spot where your teammate is and he has an open shot. Whether it's a jump shot, three-pointer, or a regular two-point jump shot, or getting to the basket for a layup. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. That's how I was weaned. I should have weaned or, 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 or my, that was my mindset all along. When I play basketball. Now, I never played basketball at the college level, quite naturally the pro level. But at the high school level and below, it was all all team basketball. All team basketball. Pass the ball around, person that's open takes the shot. Plain and simple. Not nothing easy. And and, and the the reason why I'm getting to this is that or, or the reason I'm talking about this is because these two teams have similar mindset, concepts. They, take, they play team basketball. No one is better than the other one. Like, you, got, you got a tier level and superstars like Kevin Durant and, and, and uh, Stephon Curry. And then you got Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. But what I'm saying is this. And that's one of the reasons, and, and I, that's one of the reasons why Kevin Durant wanted to come to this team. Uh, more than one reason. Better chance to win, because they play a team ball concept, which Kevin Durant really loves. Really loves team ball concept, and, and that's the two reasons he wanted to win. He got his best chance that he thought to win, just like any other player. Um. Kyle Lowry's going to go through that. He's going to look to a place where he can win from the Toronto Raptors. Just like Kevin Durant decided to go to the Golden State Warriors. I know the Golden State has got all these dynamite players. And Kevin Durant was lambasted by a lot of people, me not one of them, of going to the uh, talent-rich Golden State Warriors. Because He's tired of getting beat by them, so he wanted to join them. Well, let me let me ask you something. If you have a winning formula, I, and I, I started off the show like this, if you have a winning formula that gets repeated over and over again and you have success with it, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Wouldn't you understand that they they they've gotten the best meaning Golden State gotten the best of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, a few times in the playoffs. Silly bargained 
that when these players were a free agent, they could go anywhere they wanted to go, regardless of whether it's a stacked team or not. He had the opportunity. It was collectively bargained. It wasn't anything underhanded. He decided to go to a team that had a winning formula and wanted to join a team that played a team concept philosophy. Plain and simple. I mean, it, you can't deny the idea that Kevin Durant wanted to go. If you watched Kevin Durant when he was with Oklahoma City, you would know that he likes to play team basketball. That's why he, he at, uh, um, acquiesced to Russell Westbrook a lot because he wanted to play team basketball. He wanted to move the ball around and give everybody an opportunity, quite naturally including himself, to contribute to the team. But if you go with a teammate that thinks he should have the ball in every situation regardless, and a lot of the time it comes out negatively, then and it doesn't seem like it's going to change regardless of what happens, then it, 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 it's a no-brainer to me. To me, it's a no-brainer that you go and, and, and seek um, teammates elsewhere with a, te- play, with a team that has, one, a chance to win, two, play team basketball. Now, I'll, I'll get back to the original matchup between the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. Two teams that play the same type of ball. Golden State is very easily, can very easily have a bad game. No doubt about that. Um, They've played Portland. Um, Who was their uh, other opponent? Wow. I can't believe I can't remember who they played before this. Utah. Utah. And Utah and Portland is no San Antonio. With and the coaching and the players. So I don't think it's gonna be a sweep. I think it's gonna be a pretty competitive now I could be wrong. I I I could be wrong. It's not the first or last time. But the lineage and the history of these two teams playing tells me that it's going to be a competitive series. That they're not just going to lie, lie down. I'm talking about San Antonio. And Golden State is just not going to just show up and win four games straight. Especially two, the, two, the uh, second two games, second and, uh, excuse me, the third and fourth game being played in San Antonio. So I got to believe that this is going to be more competitive than most people think. Now, they start playing today on Mother's Day at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time on ABC. And uh, it, it should be a fun series to watch. 
Looking forward to it. It's nice. I don't know. If you're not doing anything on Mother's Day and your wife or mother uh, allows you to watch the game, then it'll be a good game to watch. But if you are busy, hopefully you have a way of um, recording the game so you can watch it at a later time or a later date. And me being a not a watcher of the NBA, I don't know what the scores are until the following day. Um, and um, because, and the only reason I know that is because if I watch ESPN, I'm watching watching me on the on the bottom of the screen, scroll through, uh, and they give the scores of every every event, uh, uh, sporting event, whether it's baseball, hockey, um, basketball. They give that the scores, so if I don't catch it, I'll never know the score. Hopefully, you, you're one of those people that. If you record the game, you don't want to know anything about the game. You want to be able to watch the game without any prior knowledge of who won or who lost. Make It takes the fun out of the game. Speaking of fun out of the game, or fun period in the game of basketball, we have a game seven of two teams that are pretty evenly matched in this um, um Eastern Conference. It's a semi-final. So these two teams, um, it's do or die, and Boston being the number one seed, have a chance to move on and play against Cleveland, who are the well-rested Cleveland Cavaliers, who've been well-rested for a while because they swept through the first two rounds of their playoffs series, the playoff games, just like the Golden State Warriors, who have been well-rested. But this should be an extremely interesting um, Game 7, which is played tomorrow. Okay? And it'll be extremely interesting who comes out of this and what kind of chance they have against the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, if you listen to the FSP show, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, on a Saturday afternoon, yesterday, Vic and I were on opposite sides of the Prediction of who was going to win um, against the Boston and Washington. Now we game one. Boston playing in Boston won by twelve points. Again in game two, Boston playing in Boston won by. 10 points in overtime. Game three and four. Game three. Washington won. In essentially blowing Boston out. 
116-89. And they did it again in game four, 121-102. to So this has been a home-home series because the game six, which was played on Friday night, excuse me, game five, which was played on Friday night, um, Boston won 123-101. to and the reason I'm saying it's it's a home and home because right up until game five, every home team has won. Game six, nothing different. Closer of all the games was when Washington, with a John Wall jumper near the end of the game, won in Washington, 92 to 91. So things played out like I think they will. Boston should win this game, but it's not guaranteed because these two teams, in my opinion, extremely evenly matched, even though when Boston's won, it's generally been double digits, and and, uh, Washington, other than this last game, has won by double digits. So what tells me is this, 14, 10, and 19. tells me that Boston should be able to win this game in double digits. I know Washington Wizards fans don't want to hear that logic and what I see in the past um, six games of this series is that home team has the advantage. Home court has an advantage. I talked about that early in 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 this broadcast about having home court this illustrates it to the letter that if you have home court, that in this series, you have the strongest shot of winning. Now, they'll have the home court. Boston um, moves on. They'll have the home court against Cleveland, being that Boston is the number one seed and Cleveland is the number two seed. So, this should be interesting. You got LeBron James, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and company. Okay, and 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 just uh, uh, J, you got a bunch of Jags on the team. Past that, just another guy. You never know what you're going to get out of J.R. Smith. Um, tell you the truth. J.R. Smith is, runs hot and cold, and, and you never know what you're going to get out of Umani Shumpert. He runs very hot and cold, and even Kevin Love runs hot and cold. Two, consist, two consistent players are Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. LeBron James, one of the, if not the best player, one of the best players in the NBA series, whoever wins it between Washington and Boston has to contend with. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Big shoes, big big uh, hurdle to overcome. But they have to get past whoever it is. Washington, quite naturally, have to get past Boston, and Boston has to get past Washington and Boston. But I think Boston's going to win it. 
And then we'll have to see what happens um, in, in whoever wins the series going up against Cleveland. Now, for, for the most part, except for the Clippers and Utah series, the script has gone as written. It's gone as written. What most people thought would get, win, win the series, have won the series, and moved on. Uh, the two players, meaning the two teams, I should say, that are in the finals in the West were considered to be in, uh, the finals in the West uh, with an outside chance of the Clippers, who death totally um, com- collapsed in the first round against Utah. God, what are they going to do with that team? Who knows? But right at right now, it's going to script it. It's going to script it. So, so far. Now you have to wait and see now because the Washington Wizards could come up and break the break the code of winning on a on a road court. But in the West, the first and second seed are in the finals for the West. So we have to wait and see how it's going to turn out. I'm pushing for Boston. I'm, I'm not a Boston Celtic fan. Definitely not a Boston Celtic fan. Being a Nick fan, definitely not. I don't think the Washington Wizards have the firepower and the experience to go up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not to say that the Boston Celtics are so much more experienced and and and, and have the greater amount of firepower, but I think they, they'll give them a better run for their money with Al Horford and, and, and um, Isaiah Thomas and company. Then the Washington Wizards, John Wall and company. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I'm going to take a short break, and uh, I'll be back as soon as I can, <clears throat> but uh, I want you to listen to this. And I'll be back.
All right. All right. All right. I hope you have someone that's the, the hero of yours. Um, but I'm back. I'm JT, a.k.a. The Master. And this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I say that again. 347-637-3220. It's a place to be if you want to talk to JT. And that's The Master. And that would be me. All right. We were talking about the NBA playoffs. Um, I was giving my uh, my ideas, my opinion, what I thought of the two series that are going to be taking place in the next couple of days. Got the like I said, we got the Golden State Warriors hosting the San Antonio Spurs in the first game of the finals in the Western Conference, and tomorrow at eight p.m. in um, Boston, we have the um, the uh, uh, excuse me. Wow, I can't believe it. We have the Washington Wizards visiting the Boston Celtics to decide who's going to face the um, defending Eastern Conference and the defending World Champion Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round of the Eastern Conference Finals for 2017. 8 p.m. on TNT. I should be... Whatever. 8 p.m. on TNT. And they'll finally decide who's going to go and, like I said, play the um, Warriors. I mean, play the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. Game for the uh, Warriors. I, I, I think I said this, and I'll say it again. It's at three thirty on ABC. Should be interesting. Both of those games today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. Guaranteed that both these teams should be ready. Both these games, the teams should be ready. Don't want to go into a a look for a player to have a James Harden moment, and he's a candidate for the MVP. Wow, wow! I think it's hands down um, Russell Westbrook, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know he didn't move past uh, um, James Harden and company. But triple-double averaging for the season. Last person to do that was Oscar Robinson. Come on. You know how long ago Oscar Robinson played? Some people haven't even heard of Oscar Robinson. I remember when he played. (laughs) He was a problem. For a lot of a lot of players that played against him, big strong guard could handle the ball, dish off. He averaged a triple double. That's obvious. World champion. So let's move on. Move on to the NFL. 
15 minutes left in the show, give or take. I'll tell you this. This is the 14th of May. Let me look at the calendar. I know the starting in June, I think it's June, Vic and I will be talking about on the FSP show, which is 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on uh, Saturday afternoon, talking about wins and losses of each team in each division of both conferences, the AFC Conference and the NFC Conference. Vic will try to pull me in to talk about fantasy. But I'm not I'm, I, I reserve that talking on this show about fantasy. And I'm real anxious and I'm, I'm, I'm gathering information. Quite naturally, it's going to come more and more as you finish OTAs and rookie camps and whatever, and we start getting into training camp. But I'm real anxious and in, 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 in anticipation of players that got drafted in this year's draft. And I'll keep on saying this over and over again. It's probably one of the strongest drafts I have ever seen. Now, it's extremely strong. I think 57 players. I think it was 57, something like that. Got drafted in the first three rounds or whatever. Whatever it was. Defensive players. Strong defensive player draft. Extremely strong and deep. But that's what I'm not talking about. I mean, it's fine. If you're a defensive person, it's fine for you. All three levels of the defense, teams benefited from whether it's in the first round or even down to the fifth and sixth round, possibly seventh. Because throughout this draft, there were strong defensive players to grab in abundance. You had to really not do your homework or be a complete idiot to be not be able to get a, at least a couple de- defensive players, good defensive players coming out of this draft. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the offensive side, not the offensive lineman, because this is not a good um, – and I've said this before, and you probably heard me say it multiple times at nauseum. Offensive lineman, quarterbacks, not a good draft. Not a good draft. Even though one quarterback got uh, – three quarterbacks got selected in the first first round, second – 13th and 8th and and, uh, and 12th, 10th and 12th, I'm sorry. Not a good draft. Not a good draft for quarterbacks or offensive linemen. But for all the other positions on the offensive side, tight end, strongest class I've seen in in. Strongest class I've ever seen. Running backs, 
deep, 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 deep class of running backs. Wide receivers, very good wide receivers coming out. A lot, some of them got into better situations than others. And I'm going to bring out all the all the ones that I see that are going to be fantasy worthy in the um, and the end of July. I bring out the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks that are fantasy relevant. Maybe not in that order, but I'll bring them out. More than likely, it'll be quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and I'll end up with running backs. There's a lot going on here, people. 30th of July until the, the, the first game of the season, I'm going to be breaking the ranking these players in all their positions down. Bring your notepad to the show and your pen. Take notes because I think I'm going to have a banner year of picking players out this year. I think I'm going to have a banner year. Good, I've been good on, for the most part, been good on running backs. I'm thinking that um, I can get you some tight ends and definitely some wide receivers that I think are going to ball out, whether it's a rookie, whether it's somebody on a uh, the last year of the contract or whatever. There are guys out there. Either they got drafted or they moved to another team or on the same team, but are in a better position that are going to ball out. And I'm looking forward to giving you that information. Now, in the past, because, and, and, I, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but in the past, I've given the information out and it's backfired on me. And people have taken advantage of that and gotten the best of me either through the draft process or um, picking up sleepers before, before I had a chance to or just taking advantage of it. Let me put it that way. And it, that's the dilemma that playing fantasy baseball or playing fantasy football and talking about it and giving good advice, in my opinion, that pays off is a dilemma that I have to deal with, two-edged sword I have to deal with. But I love fantasy football. Love to give the information out. And some, some take it, some don't. Some pay for it, some, some don't. I'm, not, I'm not, not saying you pay me for it. I'm saying some pay for it because they don't take my advice. And it it it, it uh, uh, burns them in the end. 
And I've been wrong. I've been wrong uh, uh, quite a few times. But I've given you some gems over the year, over the years. Guys that been been not thought about that are sitting out there that no one realizes what kind of situation and, and where they're at in their careers. Or guys that, for one reason or another, didn't have a good year, but are going to bounce back, and this is the reason why. I've been good at doing that. Very good. And I got some, I got some, oh. if things pan out the way I think it is, this is going to be a banner year for bringing you quality players, quality obscure players, I should say, that are not thought of, but will be when they break out. I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. For most of you, I've, and I happen to be a fan of this guy, and for whatever reason, uh, I thought he would be reinstated by now, but there's got to be some something going on that uh, um, maybe that we don't know about, and uh, I'm talking about uh, Josh Gordon. Hell of a talent, hasn't played since 2014, and trying to get back in the league. Um, was stymied a few times because either he got caught or in, in order not to get caught, he went to rehab. Applied early part of March to get into the NFL. Just recently was turned down. Said he could reapply come the fall. Cleveland said that if he was eligible, he would, they would welcome the talent back going slightly back against what they had first originally expressed that uh, maybe it was time for Josh Gordon if he comes back to the league to move on. And he also got rid of, uh, well, his agent got rid of him uh, a few weeks ago. So who knows what's going on? It doesn't sound good. I really hope this guy doesn't go to Justin Blackman because I think Josh Gordon was a better player than Justin Blackman. And if he, he can't, for whatever reason, can't get his life together, it's just an extremely great loss of talent because the guy can't stay off the weed, alcohol, whatever. And that's, that's, that's a shame. You hate to see that in a, in a special talent when you know um, these Weeds are not addictive. I mean, it's a nice, but it's not addictive. It's not like crack, not like heroin or some other hard drugs that can grab hold of you and um, take you. Alcohol is a different story. But you have to think. Just look at it and weigh the the um, thoughts. One hand, you got weed and whatever else that that is is um, 
bunched up along that. On the other hand, you got millions of dollars waiting for you if you stay off all the substances. Should be a no-brainer, right? You should be able to get that straight after a few years, right? You would think that would happen. But for some reason, some guys can't do it. Some guys can't do it. And that is a, that's a shame. And it happens, it seems like it's happened every year to, to somebody. You got these guys that get suspended for violating the substance abuse policy. When you know that you're going to get tested, How stupid how, how how stupid can you be? Doesn't take a rocket science scientist to realize that if you want to make millions or you want to be be in that get paid mode in the NFL, you gotta change your ways. You can't hang out with your fellas. You can't do the things that you may have done in college and gotten away with it. Or you may have done it in high school and gotten away with it. Or enabled uh, high school and college. Well, this is the pros. This is the big boy league. You put on your big boy pants, play against a bunch of big boys, and then you got big boy responsibilities. And if you have a hard time handling that, someone will handle it for you meaning the NFL, meaning you won't play, meaning you won't get paid, meaning if you do it long enough, you'll never get paid in the NFL. With this new crop of rookies, who's who's going to be the first one to fall from grace, violating the league policy? Who is it? You got a few of them in this in this draft. Like I said, there's a lot of talent, but there's a few of these guys in here that have issues off off the field. I'm not saying the drugs, but I'm just saying that they have issues off the field in various in various ways. They got to handle their business if they want to be able to get paid in the NFL. All you have to do is stay out of trouble. All you have to do is not do some of the things that happened before you were drafted into the NFL. How hard could that be? Change change your friends. Change your lifestyle. How hard can that be? I know it's hard saying no to friends. I know you don't want to be uh, labeled a sellout. But let me ask you something. You go to a job interview and they're going to do a drug test. You get a drug test, no job. You go to a job interview, and if it's a substantial job, you're going to have to change your lifestyle in order to fit in, let's get in to fit in. If you don't, you won't survive long-term in that job. Same concept, just a different field. This is the NFL. 
a little bit more tolerant, but they have rules just like everybody else. And those rules, if they're broken, can cost you money, a lot of money, or a career. Don't let it happen to you. All right, people. It's about uh, 45 seconds before I'm out of here. I want to wish every mother that is in range of my voice or who listens to this a happy Mother's Day. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy it with the loved ones that uh, give you joy and happiness. Um, Tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with JT. That's me. A.K.A. The Master, and this is The Master Plan. We'll be back here again. Talking news and notes on sports. Hopefully you enjoyed my my program, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Stay well. Peace.